Thank you for joining us for the Women Inseparable Value Series, What's Your Why? Here's Jacqueline. We are getting ready to continue on our What's Your Why? Video three, as I'm reading through Psalm 119, four specific verses came to my heart. And the Lord was saying, these are your four verses that you're going to use. So this is not my plan. This is not my starting goal. This is what happened as I was personally spending time with the Lord, trying to figure out what my why was. So video one and video two show the first two of Psalm 119, verse 30. And then Psalm 119, verse 43. Today on video three, we're going to do Psalm 119, verse 67. Psalm 119, verse 67. And we're going to continue on with the series of what's your why. And I think it's very sweet and very um, amusing of the Lord to pick verses that are very deep rooted inside of my soul. Sometimes it's fun when God's like, hey, let's talk about your story. Let's do your confession and your learning hour. So I pray that God will use the story in my life that he needs for this lesson. And that I'll comply with the speaking. But Psalm 119, I'm going to read this whole um, whole portion. There's 22 different segments in Psalm 119. So I'm going to start with verse 65 and read this section and see if you can find a flow in this, this portion as we read it. Psalm 119, starting in verse 65, it says, you have dealt well with your servant. Good place to put a pause to remember who we are as the child of God. He says, O Lord, according to your word, teach me good judgment. Teach me knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. And then verse 67, it says, before I was afflicted. Some of our versions might say before I was humbled, I went astray. But, but now, but now I keep your word. You are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart, I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat. It's quite the visual. But I, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted. And again, the word humbled. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. And he concludes with this statement. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Psalm 119, 70, or not 73, I'm sorry, 67. The verse that says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. We were looking at scripture. Each and every one of us, no matter where we are in our scripture reading, and I'm always, always asking you, what are you reading in scripture? It's an open, open question. What are you reading in scripture? And no matter what day of the week it is, no matter what month of the year, no matter what season in our life, there ought to always be an answer. As a daughter of the king, we ought always be reading the Bible. The question is, what are you reading and why are you reading it? Do you have your why? 
that's what we want to look for. And Psalm 119 is a great place to find our sword, to find our answer, to find our encouragement to say, this is what I'm reading in the word of God. And this is why I'm reading it. I'm reading it because I need comfort. I need it because I need strength. I'm reading it because I need wisdom. I'm reading it because I need steadfastness. I'm reading it because I made a challenge to myself and I want to accomplish my challenge. I'm reading it because I'm doing it with him girlfriends and we're studying this book together and I'm growing and I'm digging and I'm, I'm reading it because I need rest. I'm reading it because I need sleep. What's your why? What are you reading and why are you reading it? When I personally look at verse 67 and it says, before I was afflicted, I went astray but now I keep your word. I was one that got saved as a little girl, started memorizing scripture as a cubby in the Awana program. A cubby is four. First time I memorized scripture, I was a four-year-old girl. I've read my Bible through and through. I know this sword. I'm familiar with this sword. I've had encounters with books in this Bible and passages in this Bible that I was so passionately invested with, but not always could I say that I kept your word. There was a long period in my life that I read it and it all went to my head and I could sit and have a debate with people and I would always win the debate. But there was pride issues going on. There was self-elevation problems going on. There was, uh, huh. you're cute that you know this much about your Bible. But let me show you how much I know of your Bible. And there was that, um, you know, 20-something mentality, I guess, that was mixed in into the Word of God. It was a lot of it. I knew Jesus as my Savior. I knew God as my Father. I had a relationship with God. I had a prayer life with God. I lived, you know, the good life, but I wasn't necessarily keeping the Word because I had a hunger and a love for the Word. I had a knowledge of the Word of God. And then humility happened. You could say affliction happened. In my 20s, affliction happened. I found myself in a wheelchair for a period in my life. And humility happens when you're sitting in a wheelchair. When you're a girl who likes to do things in stilettos and you're sitting in a wheelchair and you're seeing stilettos pass in front of you, there's a switch that happens in your brain. There's a time in your life that you, you're laid out. And during that laying out, something happened, something transfer, transformed in my brain with this book. It became less of a grandma said to read cover to cover, and it became less of a Bible school said to do this, and it became less of a, well, I'm a teacher, so as a teacher of the Word of God, I need to read the Word of God because I need food to give to the people that I'm teaching. It became more of a, I'm laying on my bed and God told me to read Leviticus. So I'm going to lay on my couch and I'm going to read Leviticus and I'm going to find myself in tears over Leviticus because of how deep the father's love is and how freeing the blood of Jesus Christ is. And I fell in love with the book of Leviticus for the first time in my life. I met Leviticus. It became my friend. It became my source of strength while I was laying there, unable to give my knowledge to anybody, unable to give anything to anyone. I was literally on my couch all day for months. And it was me and Leviticus. And I learned so deeply and so purely the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and his presence in scripture. And I learned so deeply Jesus Christ and the freedom that came with his blood. All of this regulation and all of this law that's found in Leviticus was not put over me. Jesus Christ freed me from all of that. So then I could read Leviticus as a memory book of what my brothers and sisters, what my forefathers, what they went through without Jesus, that they went through in obedience to God. And I got to read that memory book and fall in love with the memory book of Leviticus. And here I am as a daughter of the king in today's society, in love with the freedom that I have through the, the sacrifice that was laid for me, my Jesus, the lamb, the very lamb of God. And I got to be separated from that. And at that point, I come back to this passage and I read in scripture that it says you have dealt well with your servant. You've dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment. Teach me good knowledge. When he's saying this, when he's crying out, Father God, teach me, he's having this heart of learning. And this is what I had to grasp at that moment when I was being afflicted, when I was being humbled, when I was being taught, Jacqueline, you need to not just learn my law. You need to not just learn my word of God for sake of knowing. You need to learn that I have good judgment. You need to learn that I have good knowledge. You need to believe in my commandment so that you can now keep the word of God in your heart that you might not sin against me. It has nothing to do with you teaching others. It has everything to do with you and your heart of servanthood, your heart free of sin. It's about me and God. It's not okay when a teacher is not keeping the word of God, is not seeing herself as a um, servant of the word of God in the quiet of her and God, but doing it on display and doing it in a debate and doing it. Yes, there you go. That's what I used to do. I used to read the Bible because I knew I was going to teach that passage. And I read a lot of Bible because I was doing a lot of teaching. So I would know I'm going to be teaching a lesson on Romans 6. So I'd read the book of Romans and I'd read the book of Romans, but I read it for the sake of getting the food ready, cooking in the kitchen so that I could serve others. But it wasn't coming to the heart. That makes sense. That's not okay. That's not okay. You've got to be on that couch, just you and God, not because there's somebody else that's going to benefit from it. Somebody will always benefit from your time with the Lord. It's just going to happen. That's just natural fruit. That's what Romans 6.22 says. That's natural fruit. That's going to happen. But we ought not spend time asking God, teach me your knowledge. Teach me your judgment. I want to know your commandments. I want to keep your word. I want to be your servant so that others can see and others can hear and others can grow. We want it to be just me and God. Even if I'm in my closet, even if I'm stuck on my couch, even if I'm in a season of being afflicted for that's when it starts. That's when it gets real. That's when nobody else knows what's going on. And you're still begging God, please teach me your word. Teach me your judgment. Teach me your knowledge. I want to be in love with your commandments. I am your servant. I want to keep your word in my heart. That's why I want to read the word of God. And if what I get out of the word of God benefits another person in your timing and in your way, fantastic. Fantastic. 
But if what I'm getting out of the word of God benefits nobody else's ears, but just me and you, amazing. May that be my rest. May that be my sword. He says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. I always wondered, um, growing up in, in the Christian society and living as an adult in our Christian society, sometimes we see Christians going astray and we sit here and we wonder why. Have you ever wondered that? Or how could that happen? And some of us don't wonder because we've experienced it. We're like, oh, I, I know why. <laughs> Let me tell you my story. And here I am back with the word of God. But sometimes we wonder like, why? Why do people go astray? They know the word of God. They know the word of God and they've gone astray. Why is that happening? Can I present the difference of what I've experienced? For some of us, it's all in our head. And then for some of us, it's in our heart and it'll go back and forth. Some of us who have been Christians long enough will know it'll bounce back and forth. There'll be in a season in our life that we're like, right now, I just feel like it's me and God in, our, in my head. It's just in my head. I'm just doing the motion. You ever been there? I'm just moving forward. And then there's seasons in our life that it's in our heart. We're like, oh, I'm with the Lord. I'm with the Lord and it'll go back and forth and back and forth. Scripture says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. We ought always keep the word of God in our heart and that it not be a head issue. And this is why Jesus, I truly believe this is why Jesus looks at the churches in the book of Revelation and he calls out the good and the bad of the different churches. And he declares, you have done good. Your works are good. Your service is good. What you're doing for your people are good. I have one thing against you. You've lost your first love. That's how we keep. That's how we keep the word of God and our prayer life with the word of God and our, our time with the word of God in our heart by keeping our love for Jesus first. Keep it about Jesus keep it about Jesus. When we're reading this so that we can feed others, when we're reading this so we can make it through our day, when we're reading this for checklist, we're not keeping Jesus first. What's your why? No matter what it is, no matter what you're reading, no matter why you're reading, your why ought to always be Jesus. Always Jesus. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.